my take-home message is that there is a force in the universe that is holding us fast. And mm. if you don't know that sense of presence, if you don't, if you don't feel held, you need to speak up. Particularly, men need to speak up. They need to find um, help with their spiritual heart because that impacts their emotional heart, mm. which in turn impacts their physical heart. So my take home would be, don't be heart sick mm. emotionally or spiritually. Um, talk, find somebody to work with. Mm. And, and just um, know that you're not alone. Welcome to What's the Story? My name is Matt Edmondson, and this is a podcast full of stories about faith and courage from everyday people. And today I am chatting with the amazing Al Marshall. We're going to be talking about what it's like to fall off a mountain, uh, what it was like when he walked away from God, and how despite being dyslexic, has found himself working in surgery, open heart surgery, for the last 30 years. But before we get into that with Al, one thing that I want to do is give a bit of a shout out to past past uh, live streams that we've had on Crowd. A couple that I think you might want to check. Check out the talk called Grace and Truth. Fantastic talk, even if I do say so myself. Very handsome man delivered that talk. Uh, and also check out What Does the Bible Say About Men? Uh, I We're going to hear from Al, and who's got a real heart for men. So check that one out. What Does the Bible Say About Men? Very interesting talk. You can find these and our entire archive of episodes and live streams on our website for free at www.crowd.church. And whilst you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. And each week we will email you uh, the links from the show uh, and the notes from the conversation and all that kind of good stuff it goes direct to your inbox totally for free you don't miss anything uh, we just send it to you it's great so make sure you sign up for that this episode is brought to you by my rather croaky voice uh, and also by Crowd Online Church. You know what? I, I appreciate that not everybody sees the point of church. Not everybody wants to go to church uh, and not everybody can even get into a church building, even if you want to go. And this is where online church works super well. It is a safe space to explore the Christian faith. And the thing that I love about Crowd Church is that you get to join in the conversation so they don't just talk at you. Uh, if you've never been to church before or if you're looking for a new church, a church, <laughs> a new church, do check out Crowd Church. The website is www.crowd.church uh, or you can email me directly at matt at crowd.church with any questions. Now all that said, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Al Marshall. Alistair Marshall is a husband to the beautiful Rach Marshall, who has also been on Crowd Church. Uh, he is a father to three very beautiful daughters. He's an avid cyclist, a big LFC fan. He lives in Liverpool and works as a cardiothoracic surgical practitioner. He has been my great friend for many years, has a real heart uh, for the hearts of men. He is an absolute legend. So you're going to love this conversation. Al, welcome to the podcast great to have you here my friend how are we doing thank you very much well it's it's a great honor to uh, to have been invited to uh, join you on the uh, on this podcast i uh, i'm learning so much just even in the last 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah as we've been rapidly trying to get sorted for the show uh, <laughs> So I'm uh, uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it already, and I'm loving. I'm very excited to uh, to see where we end up um, in our conversation. I, I do enjoy a good chat, and uh, and um, it seems to make perfect sense to be able to have a chat with with yourself, Matt, who I love dearly. Uh, and uh, and everyone else can listen in if you like. Yeah, just get into so, the conversation with me and Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now we've known each other for a while, right? I said in the intro we've known each other for many years. 
I, I'm trying to figure out how long it's actually been. Well, I think it's around uh, 22. It's about 22 years, I think. Yeah. Around, a... around, I'm, I'm going to say around that, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. Because um, when you get to a certain age, I'm going to be honest, time sort of <laughs> slides a little. <laughs> things that happened yesterday happened 20 years ago, and things yeah. happen tomorrow. Heaven only knows. Heaven only knows. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go with around 22, 23 years. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that would have been is, my guess. Which is a good chunk of time, and uh, I'm going to be honest there. I've loved every minute, and I want you, my brother. So hopefully, we've got another 25 years to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? It's um, it will it will carry on. I was talking uh, recently with a guy called Brett Curry, who was on the What's the Story podcast. And we started talking uh, in the show. We started we we started the opening by just talking about what it was about the importance of. Let me put it this way: about the importance of having um, same sex friendships, and certainly for yeah. men having good, strong male friends. And we were we were waxing lyrical about the the benefits of this and the beauty of this. Yeah. And um, and so I'm very grateful for you grateful for you, bro, because uh, you're you're a great friend and and I. And it's such a privilege, isn't it, to have those kind of relationships yeah. with other men? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's crucial. I think it's, you know, I completely agree. I, um, I certainly couldn't have managed in my uh, um, development as a young man uh, and into adulthood and continuing into adulthood without significant male um, uh, companions to be able to walk with, to talk with, to, uh, to be able to pray with. Um, to even just listen. Um, I think one of the great things about um, recent times is there's been quite a lot of conversation around men, men's mental health mm -hmm. and, and uh, don't suffer alone. Uh, mm -hmm. um, there's been a few very high profile celebrities talking about that even just on Saturday evening uh, on Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, it was mentioned <clears throat> And 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 I actually think that it's it's long overdue. Yeah. Because of that. certainly from our perspective, <clears throat> we're very blessed, aren't we? Uh, the fact that we that we have significant uh, male friends who mm. who we aren't afraid to go to or talk to. Um, but that isn't the case, I think, within a lot of male society. Yeah. And the great, and the great thing about it is, is, is I think the the message is beginning to get out there. But it's certainly got, we've got a lot more to do um, to encourage guys to open up to other guys, because it, not to be to put too fine a point on it, um, but I think sometimes you have to uh, have a male to open up to mm. um, to talk about the things that men men need to talk about. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, you know, I mean, I, as you say, I'm I'm very blessed. I'm very uh, happily married. Um, but in my married life, there have been times when um, I've not been able to speak to Rach. Yeah. Uh, about about various things in my in my even in my mindset and my thinking, and I've needed that person to go to to be able to pray with, talk to, um even shout at, to, to yeah. be honest, mm. you know, and, and that's and that's something that, that has been very important. I felt that I've needed to do that for other men over the years to be able to provide somebody just to be able to shed a tear with, you know, mm. or mm. Um, uh, uh, I, I do love a good hug. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I'm going to be honest, I think, uh, I think guys hug very well. And I think I think you know there needs to be more guy love, if that makes yeah. sense. No, you it know, does. Um, it does. It's one of the things that actually in church you're known for, isn't it? Al, the hugger marshal, <laughs> right? And um, yeah, yeah. and I think if you're going to be known for, so it's not a bad thing to be known for. You know, you you you're you are very um, you are very physical with other men, and I think actually in a society which is not always thought that was a great idea. Um, it, there is something about that which is quite powerful, right? Just the ability to hug another man, and he and he and he and that's okay, and he can be 
yeah. a little bit more vulnerable. He can, he can, it just is, it is what it is, right? So I, I think it's a powerful yeah. thing, bro. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, you know, just as an aside on the old hug front, um, if you hug somebody for 10 seconds, you, you um, have a, a, a significant impact on that person. And it, 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 when you think about 10 seconds, it doesn't sound like a long time. But it can become quite uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but there is something very special about needing a hug and being able to go somewhere for a hug and, and initially to be uncomfortable. Mm. And then maybe, you know, it to, to have the desired effect. And that is maybe to open up that opportunity for a mm. conversation. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I do, as a caveat, I do tend to like to know the people I'm going to hug. <laughs> you just don't randomly walk up to strangers on the street. Hello, every now and then it does cross my mind. <laughs> it's too much of a curveball yeah, for society yeah. at present. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. So was this, um, because I, it's one of those things I've always known about, I've always associated with Al. Al equals Hook, right? Just always the way we've greeted one another, which is it's a beautiful thing. But was it an intentional thing for you to deliberately go out of your way to hug other men as a sign of greeting? Because it wasn't a common practice, uh, certainly 20 years ago. Um, so was it intentional? Was it deliberate? Or was it just something that you was you were brought up with and have carried on? Um, well... Well, that's a very interesting question. I think I've, I've never drilled down too much into that. All I know is that, that within within the Gospels, it says to greet your brother with a holy kiss. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, obviously that would be a, a different uh, a connotation on a hug. Um, but within that culture, the, the, there was a movement to mm. encourage, to... And I think I, I do like to encourage people. And I think I think by natural progression, I think it's easier to to show um, an instant emotion, if you like. Mm, yeah. Because we're we're pleased, aren't we, to see each other? Yeah. And and there's something very I think there's something very masculine about being able to hug your brother, hug your friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, it's it is something that that my my, my dad was very um, he was a he was a hugger um, uh, and the reason for that was because he didn't have um, so much in the way of uh, family life mm. um, uh, so I think he because I've got two brothers I think for for us we were um, very tactile with my dad and my dad mm. was very tactile with us so i think i think that was clearly a seed that was sown but i definitely think there's there's um uh, there's a real strength um to be to being able to show your vulnerability yeah, yeah. you know sure no, there's been extensive, extensive written extensive mm. things written about about the power of a hug yeah but uh, i've always found it very um uh, important so, yeah, yeah, no, and you, uh, great. I mean, you you just brought up your dad there. One of the things that I do know about you, Al, is your dad is a very important figure in your life, okay. isn't he? He's a very important man. Very, he was a very important man to me. Um, and that's another thing I think. I, one of the reasons that I've got a heart for man mm. is because my dad was such an amazing example. Unfortunately, he he he. Uh, was killed in an industrial accident um, just before my 16th birthday um, and that was a shock because he was a mm. very strong very um, very powerful figure in my life very uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for he, he was larger than life yeah um, so to lose him when we did as a family was obviously a shock mm. but what it did do is it actually left a massive space um, in our lives, uh, certainly in my life. And um, I was 
blessed in as much as we were brought up within a church environment where um, there were enough men within the church to be able to look out for me and my brothers. Yeah. And that made a real difference. Mm. So losing my dad was, was dreadful. And, I, and I, to be honest, it's a long, long time ago and I still miss him. I still yeah. miss him. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to see the example of, of how male community could work mm. and how it should work. Um, and, and no one should stand alone, should have to stand alone. Um, and we certainly felt the love of the church and felt the mm. love of the, 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 the male community within the church. And that's something that I'm quite passionate about still. Yeah. No, no man should stand alone. Mm. Um, so yes, and I, uh, to be honest, I uh, a significant uh, um, male role model in my grandfather as well, who yeah. I was particularly close to, uh, as well. And he died two months after my father. Um, so they were significant men, very real significant men in my life, and to lose them both within um, uh, a few months of each other was. Terribly upset, and, yeah. and as you say, I still haven't recovered really. I don't think, mm. and and to be able to handle grief at that age, I needed people to talk to. Mm. I need, I needed people to cry with, mm. uh, and there were there were men at the time who who would um, listen to me, um, try and figure it out. And most of all, actually, that's when I found um, my faith. Um, right. Uh, it was at that point that I I was missing my father so much and my grandfather. Uh, I, I retreated into um, into uh, my relationship with God and mm. with understanding Jesus. Yeah. And and who is probably the most significant male in my life mm. to this day um, and what I learned about myself and what I've learned over the years about myself it is being a had a direct impact from uh, the life and times of Jesus so yeah so that's really interesting so was it the because um, obviously uh, you know you've got a real heart for men uh, you understand um quite uh, deeply i think the father heart nature of god it's one of the things which I, I associate with you and has that come out of then the relationship that you had with your dad with your grandfather and perhaps a loss of them that caused you to to sort of connect all the dots and bring all this together absolutely definitely um and i think i think there's there's a huge amount being written um about about genderization and there's lots of lots of different subjects that we can get into and conversations that we can have but certainly the emotion of um of understanding the father heart and understanding what what a male needs what i needed at that time mm. and also but but what we need as men yeah um to walk, to talk, to uh, you know, to 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 learn from the the gentility and strength of of a role model like Christ, and mm. um, certainly has always been my inspiration because he never necessarily gave all the answers to direct questions, but what yeah. he did do was he walked and he spent time. And he put an arm round, um, and he encouraged, and then he would give an answer. Mm -hmm. But it would come from a place of understanding, and it takes time. It takes time to build these relationships. It takes time to appreciate that that we are uh, that we can be vulnerable, mm. that we can be honest. Um, and that we can get company and help yeah. um, with whatever it is that we're facing. Because I think as guys, certainly within Western society, I think we're supposed to have the answers. 
Um, and that is my feeling sometimes that I'm supposed to have the answer. I'm supposed to figure it out. Um, and sometimes I actually can't. Yeah. And being honest and vulnerable enough to be able to say, I'm struggling with this, mm. or this is how I'm feeling at the moment, mm. um, was something that I felt very early on that was important to actually sort of to try and liberate male society mm. to be that vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable and when you're honest, I actually think that that's the moment where we, we can receive the help we need. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, we've got the answers. We just need to pause and maybe pray with a friend or brother to walk. And it's astounding how often when you walk and talk, by the time you finish your walk and talk, you do feel better and you do, you do. You do yeah. feel like you can take that next step further. So, yeah. um, I don't know whether this is answering the questions that you're asking me, but um, uh, somebody said that, that when I start talking, it's like a stream of, um, of, of consciousness. <laughs> it just <laughs> comes out. Just out. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes that can be the case, but when, you, when, you, when you're passionate about something, and I'm passionate about men's health, mental health, and emotional health, and spiritual mm. health, mm. Um, I suppose, that's really where the rubber hits the road for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one should be left out. No mm. one should be left alone or or on their own mm. um, uh, without significant conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So um, you dig into your relationship with God when you're 16 then uh, because of mm. the passing of both your dad and your grandfather um was it all sunshine and rainbows from that point was your walk with god i mean i kind of gave a clue a little bit you walked away didn't you at some point in the in the yeah. in the introduction yeah. what happened there um I, I actually it was quite interesting because what when when you're younger you think you think you've got it all sorted and and you get into a rhythm don't you mm -hmm. um and and i I felt like I had it all sorted, and I felt like I'd, I'd got to a point where my life was, you know, ticking over, thanks very mm -hmm. much. Um, and I found myself in a very peculiar situation. Um, I was away um, with the Boys Brigade, and I was mm -hmm. an officer in the Boys Brigade. And because of my own stupidity, I managed to fall 45 feet into a, into a heap from the top of a cliff to the bottom of a cliff. Uh, I put a crack on my neck, um, I damaged my knee and my ankle and, uh, and both my wrists. And I actually um, realized my mortality at that point. Right. And so it's, it's, this is a long time ago. I was in mm -hmm. uh, very early 20s. And my, my world crumbled because I thought, until that point, I thought I was invincible. And I, and, and I closed down. And I did everything that we've been talking about uh, that you shouldn't do. I isolated myself. Um, and I started to uh, move away from mm. God. Um, and I managed to, to avoid... Uh, or I felt like I'd managed to avoid any contact. I walked away from my church. I walked away from uh, all my friends. Uh, everybody was very puzzled by my responses. And I think I was particularly puzzled too. Um, because this had been the real first challenge, um, apart from the death of my father and grandfather, mm. that I faced. So once I'd rebuilt myself, I'd, I'd gone so far away from the concept of church and attended church that uh, I, I managed to stay away for seven years, mm. which is quite a biblical number. And the other news level lost on me. Um, and I, uh, 
the irony was is is within that time frame I managed to uh, um, secure a job, yeah. which I still do, uh, and still adore. I still love. So I started to educate, and I started to educate myself in this in this new role in this new professional life. And I met some amazing people, and I found myself in some very peculiar places. Um, but I knew, I always knew that it was something that that was missing. I was always desperately trying to fill the void that um, I'd, I'd managed to create um, because of moving away from God. Yeah. And a series of very fortunate events took place um, through investigations into other world religions. Um, each time that I, I, I researched and I read something new and it just seemed to be pointing back to Jesus. It always seemed to point back to Jesus, which was really amazing because yeah. I affectionately called Jesus my first love. Mm. And it always it, it just seemed to make sense to move begin to move back into into um a relationship. And I didn't know how to do it. I didn't want to go back to my old family church. Yeah. So I found myself in uh, in uh, the church that we attend. Um and I cried for oh a few weeks I reckon. Oh wow. I used to walk in I used to walk in at ten o'clock in the morning half past ten in the morning. And I'd weep from the minute I walked in the door until the end of the service, and I'd walk out again. Mm. Uh, and, and it was it was just like a, it was just like God was peeling me like an onion, taking away all of this hurt and pain and uh, disappointment, shame, mm -hmm. all of the negative emotions that we find yeah, ourselves yeah. in, and and they put up barriers more and more. And I found myself getting more and more vulnerable and actually sort of becoming myself again. Um, and from that perspective, it's easy to look back and think, well, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't done that. Or why did I do that? I don't feel that about anything that I ended up doing. Right. I don't, I, I don't feel disappointed um, because it brought me to this place. Yeah. It's brought me, it helped me to become who I am now. And I think if I'd have stayed as I was, um, maybe I wouldn't have gone into the professional role that I did. Maybe, you know, I wouldn't have ended up meeting all the people that I did. Maybe I wouldn't have found myself in these very different types of environments, understanding about different types of people and different cultures, which, you know, were spectacular. Yeah, and I'm so glad for for the for this this view of the world because of that situation. Yeah. Um. So I I feel very blessed to uh, to have been on the journey, and and it, I'm really excited to see what happens every day. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have this overwhelming excitement about every day. Yeah. I think I think Fallen Forty Five feet will do that to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a it's, consequence. Um, you fall, you survive. It, it's well, gonna change your outlook on life. <laughs> it certainly makes you thankful for every day, to be honest. Mm. It, it makes you, it makes you really thankful for the small things to you know, uh the light, the sun, you know, the bird song. You see, this is where I turn into a hippie now, you see. <laughs> um, and you said about the rainbows and the, uh, and the unicorn. Mm -hmm. Man, you know, that's me right there, right there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, but I think it's fair to say that the experience of being away from God, although painful, was um, when I came home. Mm. To, to to reconnect and to 
to learn more of my first love, Jesus, then yeah. that was a game changer, really. Yeah. No, fantastic. And in this, uh, something that you kind of glossed over a little bit was you found the job, which you are still currently doing, your cardiothoracic yeah. role. <laughs> and yeah. one of the things I remember you saying is Dys- it, dyslexic boys like me don't go into medicine. And yet, yeah. and yet here you are. How did, how did it all come about? Oh, well, that's a fantastically interesting uh, uh, conversation, I think. That's a, that's a whole different um, hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, just give but, us a condensed version then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can, yeah. Um, I was really blessed um, uh, because I always had an interest in helping people. Mm. And being with people, and because I'm a dyslexia, I um, I always struggled at school. So my careers officer, um, many many years ago, and uh, when I went to see him and to talk to him about careers advice, he smiled at me and he said to me, "Al, he said, boys don't like you. Boys like you don't go into the caring professions." Mm. So his career's advice to me at the time was, was you know, maybe I should just sign on and, oh, well. and essentially see what happens next. Um, and that was sorry, Alan, sorry yeah. just explain what you mean by sign on for those that might not know listening okay. to the podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so um, go on an unemployment benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that really upset me uh, uh, because... Because uh, it felt like I was being excluded, uh, um, and it really upset me. And I, I, I went, uh, I went home. And this is probably the most important conversation, one of the most important conversations of my life. Mm-hmm. I went home and uh, I told my mum, and she sent me to see my granddad, um, who uh, uh, was a wonderful gentleman. And I sat down at his kitchen table, and he made me a cup of tea. And I told him the story, and he said, do you believe him? Oh, do you believe him? So I actually said, no, I don't believe mm. him. Mm. And he said to me, well, it's up to you. It's up to you to, to, to figure this out. It's up to you to work this out. But, but, but I believe in you, yeah. and I believe you can do this. And this is when I was 15, oh. or, uh, 14, 15. So fast forward um, to uh, me leaving school with no qualifications, and it was at that point in my life that I began to uh, enter the the uh, work market, mm. and I started to learn and educate as I went to educate myself. Mm-hmm. And fast forward that again um, with various places and courses, formal and informal. I managed to um, secure this uh, very um, cutting-edge role uh, within within cardiothoracics, um, and they uh, seconded me to do anatomy and physiology. Yeah. It's a long time ago. It's very different now for uh, um, my professional body, um, and we started a journey together. Uh, um, um, and it became my obsession. Mm. Surgery became my obsession, um, and I'm very honoured to 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 have been in the role for for as uh, it is nearly thirty years, and I've never regretted for one minute mm. the uh, the journey that it's taken me on. Mm. I've never uh, I, I find myself pinching myself. To be, um, uh, to be involved, to 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 be involved with such an incredible professional group, yeah, um, and to be able to look after people, which is the, which was my heart's desire right from when I was a child. Mm. Uh, the cities of doors that were open for me, and. Uh, that you, that they say that, um, well, every fibre of my being 
thought I should say no. And yet I managed to say yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, and it's the best yes I've ever, I've ever yeah. given. Because that, that role, that journey into, into professional life, the, the work that it took to actually get me into there, mm. the exams that, it, that I passed, the, um, was astounding. Mm. And it was all, all with the help of fantastic um, faculty, mm. a fantastic um, group of extremely motivated professionals. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, and I've not, uh, as I say, that's nearly 30 years. And, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because 30, well, when you were at school and when I was at school, uh, which was a fair few years ago, it's fair to say, oh, dyslexia wasn't a thing. I don't remember anyone ever talking about dyslexia when I was at school. You were just called lazy right, and just told to work harder. Whereas now people acknowledge it and recognize it like they do ADHD and all these sorts of things, which just back then was was not a big deal. So when you say you left school without qualifications, that, that's not because that's not because you were, you were lazy. Back then it just was this unrecognized thing and you, and you just kind of went through. And, and so your careers advisor's like, oh, just sign on because there was no other language to put to it, right? No. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, it it it, it really it really isn't a criticism of the education system of those days. Mm. I think it was because, um, I mean, I was fortunate. In it. I was spotted by an incredible teacher called Mr. Guy, um, and he, I think, he probably on reflection, I think he'd just come out of university, and maybe it was one of those things that were that they were talking about in teacher trainer college. I don't know. Um, um, but he spotted my um, my clear gift for conversation, mm. and by that I mean I used to talk a lot. Gift of the gap, uh, yeah. I had the gift of the gap, yeah. And uh, and he, I think, started me into a, onto a journey where I, I got extra help, mm. um, and I, I started to to move up the educational ladder a little bit. Um, uh, when they realised that that I wasn't, I wasn't just a nice kid who talked a lot. That I actually there was a there was an obstacle, mm. um, and I think that obstacle now is 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 depreciating, and it's still a very difficult journey for a lot of children. I think when they're diagnosed with dyslexia, yeah, um, but it certainly is a lot more understood uh, now, and and the helps there mm. if required. Um, it's still not an easy thing, but it definitely, definitely is something that um, I've always seen as my gift. Mm. Uh, I've never seen dyslexia as as a uh, as a negative. Mm. Uh, it's I've always found it quite tough. I still find it tough, even at fifty six years old. I still struggle um, uh, with misspelling things, and and um, uh, when I get tired, I can't can't read properly. Mm. I still find that quite difficult, um, but it's a journey. It's a journey, mm. and I put, you know, you put in mechanisms to be able to navigate through these yeah. things. Um, but it's definitely, I, I definitely see it as a gift. It's yeah. an interesting outlook to have, isn't it? Because um, I, the the book that springs to my mind is David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell, because in that book he talks about dyslexia, doesn't he? And he talks about how. Uh, you can see it as a as a curse, but you can also see it as a blessing. And actually, if you look at yeah. some more entrepreneurs uh, and millionaires are dyslexic than 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 not. Do you know what I mean? It's like the, the 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 ability to find a mechanism to find a way through to deal with the stuff that you've got to deal with that mm. that maybe I didn't have to deal with because I didn't have dyslexia gives you this fight, this hustle, this ability to solve problems that maybe others are lacking. And so it's interesting that out of something which would be classed as a curse, comes this blessing. Um, yeah. And it, it's almost like there's a repeating pattern, isn't there, with um, the, the bad thing happens, your, 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 your father dies, your grandfather dies, out of that yeah. you find Christ. The bad thing happens, you fall off the mountain. Do you know what I mean? And you sort of go through this period of, um, of, of wandering away and, and discovering a life of Guinness. Uh, but then, you know, out of that, you... you 
rediscover Christ. And in that you find Rach and then the, the kids. And so it's interesting how out of all of these sort of scenarios, sort of good seems to come. Yeah. And uh, it, one of my, um, I, I love, to be honest, I, I, I love quotes. Okay. One of my favorite quotes, and uh, it may be a misquote, I don't know. But one of my favorite quotes is, is Albert Einstein asked the question, do you live in a friendly universe mm. or a hostile universe? You choose. And I believe that it's a friendly universe. Mm. I believe that some people have the most horrendous things happen to them. Yeah. And yet they, and yet they come through them. Mm. Um, uh, and for those who can't come through them, then I believe that there should be somebody there for them mm. to help them at least walk together alongside yeah. them. And I think from that, my perspective, I've always been very optimistic. It's, it's my natural default to want to see the good in, in every situation. To want to try and find the good that's not always easy and i know i know it may sound glib um but if you boil it right down to the fact that we breathe if you boil it right down to the fact that we're alive mm. anything after that is a bonus yep your heart beating uh, i've spent a long time a very, very incredibly blessed time um, being a privy to to people's beating hearts. And they are astounding. Yeah. The heart is an incredible organ, not just because it beats 60 times a minute, mm. not just because it moves blood around the body, but it's because it's perfect. Mm. It, it, we cannot come anywhere near designing something so spectacular <laughs> and we walk around with these things mm. we've got them they're going now mm. as we sit here our, our hearts are working our brains are functioning we, our ears are picking up the sounds that are words our mouths are articulating noises mm. in our throats. <laughs> our kidneys are functioning. Our liver is. Some people's bladders function very well. <laughs> 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 so much so that they might need to pop the lid. But you know, the the body is an incredible thing, and yeah. it's so beautifully balanced and so beautifully uh, put together. Uh, um, and I just think that that is a very, it's a great place to begin every morning. Mm. We get up, have a great day, because what's the alternative? Yeah. Is my little mantra. Um, even if I'm tired, to get myself up to do what I do, I have to tell myself that. Mm. This is a great day because what's yeah. the alternative? Yeah. So yeah, um, a, a profoundly optimistic person, mm. um, and I think it's because I did did feel that earth move, if you like, when I when I hurt myself, um, and I realised I came quite close to uh, to eternity. Mm. And I wasn't quite ready for it then. <laughs> and I'm still not ready for it. <laughs> no, no, no. We've still got jobs to do. We've still got daughters to walk down the aisle, man. We've uh, we've still got things to do. Way too much to go on. Way too many people to hug and too many people to help out. Right? It's just um, absolutely, absolutely. It's funny because Paul talks about this, doesn't he? In the in the Bible, he says, uh, and I love the King James version. He says, "I am betwixt between two." a desire to go and a desire to stay but nevertheless i'll stay because it's a bit more beneficial for you and um 
I, I kind of like that, that. Yes, I'm looking forward to going. And yes, I'm looking forward to staying. And there is this tension between the two. But for now, I'm here. I've got a purpose. And, you know, there's there's a plan. And I, and I think that's fascinating. So how much, Al, right? How much do you think uh, attitude determines outcome? So you wake up, you say to yourself, it's a great day because what's the alternative? Um, and you... There, there are there are people who are generally optimistic, generally quite positive. There are people who are quite negative, you know, the opposite sort of side of things. But how much for you does attitude determine um, outcome for that day? Oh, I think it has a, a profound effect. Uh, certainly from my own perspective. I, I mean, I can't speak for other people, clearly, because that would be rather conceited. Mm. But I think if it, certainly from my perspective to walk into the day, my, um, the fact that I can see the positive surely has an impact on my emotional health. Yeah. My, um, and also, uh, um, I have to be honest, I've got a very active prayer life and I, I, I love prayer. Yeah. And I love meditation. Um, and the two for me go hand in hand. Um, I love silent, reflective prayer. Mm. And I, I always make a, a space for that in the de- in the morning. Mm. Um, I can't start my day without my reflection, um, mm. and I can't finish my day without my reflection. Um, and and I also, you know, like to create space for silence. Even though I know certain people find that rather surprising. <laughs> that, uh, you make up for it in the other times, right? <laughs> but, uh, but I would want to be silent. Um, but, but I do think that there's that we live in such a busy society and mm. a busy world where you are in conversation or in demand for twenty four if twenty four hours a day if required. If you want mm. to be, you're available. Mm. The, the, there's a small screen. There is a big screen. You know. Um, and I think it's very difficult to actually create and carve out uh, a space within our modern society for contemplation and to for reflection. Yeah. But I think those things, certainly from my perspective, for, for who I am, I require contemplation and reflection mm. Mm. and silence and and prayer. And I, I, one of the things, one of the side effects, and I do believe it's a it's a side effect of of sitting silently is um, I'm able to um, think and pray for others mm. and I start the morning by praying for my wife and my children um, by name and focusing on what they've got to do that day and then I create a space and, and I, I, I pray for uh, whoever God puts on my heart mm. and that will be invariably some men, uh, some friends, mm-hmm. brothers, people that I know, um, that are going maybe through a challenging time, or mm. who knows what they're going through. Um, and I, I, I feel that, that there is a, uh, a real a sense of um, companionship within that prayer, mm-hmm. within, within the overall prayer life of... Uh, um, of the church, of, of, of the Christian people, of Christian people, um, particularly to pray, certainly from my perspective, to pray for to men, for men who I know are struggling, or yeah, uh, or or maybe just for whatever reason that God puts them on my heart. Um, no, that's great. So, what would your um? I think, I mean, you've maybe told us already, Al, but what would your uh, one message be? You know, it's the, the the overriding thing that God's put on your heart, the sort of the reason you're here, the thing that he's taught you the most. What would that be? Well, it, I think that's a really, really interesting question. And I think from my perspective, um, one thing that I know um, is I've spent a long time working on the physical heart as part mm. of a team who um, have been able to um, 
fix the ones that we are able to fix. Mm. And certainly in this next season of my life, I know I'm moving into a new season where my hope is to be able to look after emotional hearts. Yeah. Um, and as a side effect of that, to be able to look after the spiritual heart. There was an incredible um, woman who lived a long, long time ago, a woman called Julian of Norwich, and I wrote this down um, because I know that you mentioned that that that, that, that you were going to ask me what my take-home would be. Yeah. And she said, <laughs> she, said uh, and she said this in the 1300s, she was quite ahead of the curve, I'm going to be honest. She said, all shall be well, all shall be well. There is a force of love moving through the universe that holds us fast and will never let us go. Mm. And I think my take-home message is that there is a force in the universe that is holding us fast. And mm. if you don't know that, sense of presence if you don't if you don't feel held you need to speak up particularly men need to speak up they need to find um help with their spiritual heart because that impacts their emotional heart mm. which in turn impacts their physical heart so my take on would be don't be heart sick mm emotionally or spiritually um, talk, find somebody to work with mm. and and just um, know that you're not alone. Yeah, very good, very good. I was thinking as you were talking then, all is well, all is well. I had that song in my head going, uh, I can't remember who did it, it's the recent one, isn't it? Uh, it is well, based on the psalms it is well within my soul uh, and and there's something about the ability to stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself and go yeah. it is well within my soul yes. and you're kind of yeah. like there's there's a lot of blessings i have in life right I, you have a lot of blessings i have a lot of blessings and you look at your life and you go but the fact that i can say that it is well within my soul god i am so grateful uh, that I can say those words, it is well. Uh, and I appreciate not everybody can. And so um, if uh, if you uh, are struggling, if, if that is uh, something that you do struggle with, do get in touch with us or get in touch with Al. We'd love to connect with you. You know, we're part of Crowd Church. Uh, we're all on a journey uh, and we, we're just a church that believes that Jesus heals the brokenhearted. Uh, and... Um, and he does that in in quite some style on occasions, uh, <laughs> uh, which is which is uh, which is sort of his mo really. Sometimes it's a long uh, long work. Uh, sometimes it's a short instant thing. We don't know, but we do know that Jesus does heal the brokenhearted. So, if that resonates with you, do let us know. Do get in touch. Oh, here's my uh, my last question, if I can. Um, imagine, right, for the sake of it, you stood there at the Oscars whatever the cardiothoracic equivalent is of the Oscars, you've won your award, this Lifetime Achievement Award, and you get a minute to thank all of those folks that have sort of had a big impact on your life, you know, like your family, your mentors, authors, podcasters, so on and so forth. Who do you thank? Who are you grateful for and why? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The, the, I'm going to be honest, the list is potentially endless. <laughs> so, I knew you were going to say that. I was in two minds so, as to whether as this question. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful when you ask me something. <laughs> Just pick the top um, three. Just pick the top three before we go to the commercial breaks. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a there, there's a gentleman who uh, who we know very well, a man called John Birch. Mm. Uh, John uh, stood in the gap for me um, quite a few years ago now um, when I was spinning and out of control it, emotionally and he said very little 
in the way of advice, but was just able to listen. Yeah. Um, so John would be um, definitely one that I would thank. Um, excluding my dad and my granddad, obviously, um, because that would be, you know, that would be an easy thank. Mm -hmm. um, there was a gentleman who very early on in my uh, um, career uh, is my surgical mentor and is still, I think, one of the most inspiring men that I've ever had the honor to know. Mm. A gentleman called Mr. Brian Fabry. And he um, mentored me and taught me and um, tolerated me and encouraged me. And I was uh, uh, I was very blessed. Uh, I did. I was fortunate to receive a lifetime award. Funny enough, um, uh, um, and and he travelled uh, with um, my wife and his wife to present. Um, oh wow! Me with that award. Mm. And to be honest, the award itself was uh, just an object, but the thing that really impacted me was the fact that um, he stood and uh, he he was able to uh, share that moment mm. and I was able to, to have that moment with him. Mm. So yeah, definitely uh, Mr. Brian Fabry. A third person. That doesn't have to be a third. Um, but, you know, you crack on. Well, well, actually, I've got a story for you. It's my Uncle Jack who wasn't really my Uncle Jack. Mm. Um, he was my granddad's, one of my granddad's greatest friends. It's funny how we have these guys in our lives who we call uncle, but they aren't, they aren't actually uncle, yeah. but they, they, they just sort of act like uncles in our lives, right? It's a, it's a really peculiar thing. It's amazing, really. Yeah. yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. And Jack gave me a phone call. Um, uh, uh, and well, and it was quite odd because I was in my mum's house and right. I didn't live in my mum's house. And the phone went and it was him. And I answered the phone. And uh, he said to me, I'll stand. I said, hello, how are you? And he said, I'm fine. He said, uh, he's, I said, I'll just get my mum, thinking he'd rung up to speak to my mum. And he said, no, I want to talk to you. Very godly man. Mm. Not me, Jack. Mm. And um, and he said, I want to talk to you. And I, and I said, oh, okay. He said, he said, I have to be honest, Al. He said, I haven't seen you around. He said, so I'm, I'm just wondering if you'd like to come around for a cup of tea. Now, mm. the way he said it, it wasn't an invitation. It was, it was, a, it was an instruction. Yeah, yeah. It was an instruction. Mm -hmm. It was yeah, an instruction. Yeah. So this man uh, uh, had been, as I say, my grandfather's friend for many, many years. And and to his own admission, really missed my, gran my granddad. So I went round, I, was, I, I played the dutiful grandson, mm -hmm. and I went round, I went round to see Jack, and he said, he said, I've just got a few questions for you. He said, I just want to know how you're going on with God. Mm -hmm. So I, oh, I, was, I, I, was, I fell far away, I tried to, to, you know, give the stat answer, if you like, uh, um, and it wasn't washing at all. <laughs> You're not getting through that easy, but no. <laughs> so there I am, this grown man, you know, with a professional life, and and he was like, he made me feel like a little guy, you know, a little mm. kid. And he said to me, the reason he said, the reason I'm asking here, he said, he said because, you know, he said maybe not at the moment, maybe not soon, but you know, I know when I die, I'm going to see your granddad. And your granddad's going to ask me, how old, how old's Al, how, how's Alistair? And he said, and I just need to be able to tell him, how's Alistair? Wow. How are you going on with God? Mm. <laughs> and I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> I'd be a blubbering wreck at this point. I, just like, goodness I me. was, I was, I was. The tears were flowing, the tears were flowing. 
and we had a we had as I say we had a cup of tea and we we had a catch up, and uh, and I left the house and that was the last time I saw him. Oh wow! He died. He died. Wow! Um, what a legend so, that man is. So so I'm so I'm hoping. <laughs> I hope he became a reasonably good report to my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> As you walk through the pearly gates and see your grandfather for the first time, he gives you a clip round the ear. That's from your Uncle Jack. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. But, but I think I think I think when it comes to I think when it comes to significant men in my life that you know, I could wax lyrical, you know, we mm. know many men together, um, from a, from a church perspective, you know, yeah. um, Dave Connolly, you know, there are many, many guys who, who have been significant um, uh, in our lives. Yeah. Um, and, Amazing, uh, and, you know, we, we could we could both go on. And that, I suppose that's really what my heart is to yeah. encourage um, guys to, uh, to get alongside guys, really, mm. you know. And and don't be alone. Don't be don't be a stranger. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in church every Sunday. You know, the, the our details are going to be on the on this technological whiz. <laughs> um, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, no, not alone. We love you. No, that's very good. It's very well yeah. said. And if, and if you get close enough, we'll give you the hug. <laughs> absolutely yeah come on down it'd be great to meet folks it's um and you're right i mean that's the whole point of this this conversation isn't it we sit here because we sit under the shadow uh, of some remarkable men who have lifted us up at various times in our lives and so we need to do that for other men uh and pass the baton on and it's a remarkable thing how there's somebody. Uh, it's been a phenomenal conversation, as I expected it to be. I appreciate you coming on. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Well, uh, um, I'm more than happy to to uh, uh, be contacted through social media. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm on Facebook, not very often. On Instagram, a little bit more. But uh, I do check periodically. Um, I'm desperately, I'm having, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Yeah, I think um, we all do. It, it has some very, very useful things, yeah. uh, such as this type of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but also, it can be quite destructive. Yeah, but, it can. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you to uh, um, put my details up. Um, so, yeah, feel free to get in touch, guys. We will, of course, do that. We will link to Al's social media, his Instagram, uh, in the show notes, which you can get along uh, with the notes and the transcript for free at the website www.crowd.church. Or you can even go to whatsthestorypodcast.com and it will take you to the same place. Of course, if you have signed up for the newsletter, uh, for the email, uh, this will come directly to you anyway. It will be in your inbox uh, as this podcast comes out. So if you haven't signed up already, do so. And it just wings its way to you. So there you have it. What? A phenomenal conversation with my beautiful friend uh, Al Marshall. Al, thanks again for joining me, buddy. You're an absolute you. legend. You're a legend. So remember to check out Crowd Online Church at www.crowd.church. Uh, even if you might not see the point of church, just give it a go. Find out a little bit more about this Jesus as we are all on a quest to discover how he helps us live a more meaningful life. We are at Crowd a Community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. And you are welcome at Crowd Church. It will be great to see you there. Be sure to subscribe to What's the Story, wherever you get your podcast from, uh, because we've got some more great guests lined up uh, and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, uh, you are awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden you have to bear. Al has to bear it. I have to bear it. You know, the Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's an awesome thing. Uh, and it is well within my soul. Such an amazing thing. Uh, What's the Story is produced by Crowd Online Church. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, George McQuaig, Josh Catchpole, Estella Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song is written by 
Josh Edmondson. And if you would like to read the transcripts and show notes, as I said, head over to the website, uh, whatsthestorypodcast.com or www.crowd.church. Either's fine. Uh, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter and get all of this good stuff direct to your inbox totally for free. That is it from me. That's it from Al. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.